Today's show is going to be about the 2020 budget proposal that was recently shot down at the government level. And in particular, we're going to talk about federal employees' retirement benefits. The question becomes, are federal uh, federal employees overpaid? Are their retirement benefits too rich when you compare them to the private sector? And believe it or not, a case can be made that federal employees do have richer benefits than their private counterparts. Let's get into why that might be the case. What you are about to hear is a fun and educational show about financial issues. Join Dan Wendell and his co-host, Tony, as they explore topics related to retirement planning. No matter how close you are to retirement, it's time to listen to another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell. Alongside me is Tony Shore. Today we're going to talk about federal employee benefits. Tony, you know that I have a lot of clients that are federal or former federal employees. Also, I have a lot of local state uh, employees that are retired and um, and our clients. And I don't want to pick on them, but I saw a couple of articles and I saw um, recently some budget proposals that were made that were shot down. But I want to talk about them and then get into this idea of whether or not um, government workers are actually benefiting more in retirement than their private counterparts. What do you think of that? Wow. Well, you know, I've always there's always some tension and controversy out there about, oh, you know, state and federal workers have it so great. Uh, their benefits are so incredible compared to everyone else, and uh, they're they're overpaid for the amount of work they actually have to do, uh, or they have too much job security. I've you know I've been hearing that you know uh, song and dance for a, since I've been born practically. You know what I mean? I do. I so, do. So this is nothing new under the sun in one sense, but now we're talking about actually cutting uh, retirement federal retirement worker benefits. And I don't know. Uh, I know people who work for the government who work very hard and care about our country and do make some sacrifices, but they have amazing benefit plans. Uh, a lot of them. I think it's really good, the pensions and the benefits that they get. So I don't know. I'm interested to hear uh, what slant you, you take on this and the argument for if you're going to argue that they really are overpaid or their benefits are too great. And you're right that this has been something that's been touted and talked about forever, right? My dad right. was a retired English teacher, or he is, he is a retired English teacher. So he taught high school English in uh, Long Island, New York for, I, don't know, I think it was 36 years or something like that. And he's since retired and had a, um, he has a pension. My mom used to work for the IRS and she gets a government, she got a government pension when she was alive. And so I come from a um, government worker family. However, I also have a lot of clients that aren't part of the government, so I see both sides. And it seems to be that this is a political football for whatever reason. And I guess the well, reason they've is... Made it into, they've made it into one. Right, and I think that's because I think the stats show that most of the donations that are given by federal employees to political parties go to the Democrat Party. And 
that's just been the way it is, right? So the, uh, government employees tend to lean dem- Democratic uh, Party affiliation. And so rather than get into the debates that are all political, I just want to talk about why, uh, what these cuts were. And they've been, I mean, these cuts have been around since Reagan, right? I mean, we, we've had a lot of changes to the government system over the years, and the, and they brought up every year. And they get shot down every year. And then, but there are some new ones that Trump's uh, government has proposed that were shot down. So I want to talk about them. But I also want to talk about why they are happening. And then I want to talk about what is going on with the retirement system in general as it relates to government versus private. So, yeah, I really want to I want to weigh in on the government versus private. Ex- uh, excellent. I, excellent. I have some things to say because. I know, I know that uh, the big reason these cuts are being proposed, at least the reason they're giving is that uh, the logic, I think they say, they're trying to explain that, oh, federal worker benefits have become overly generous compared to what's generally available in the private sector. That's right. That's their, that's their, that's their argument. That's their pitch. Right. And it's, and, uh, and it's true. Federal benefits are much better than what's generally available in the private sector. Uh, but it depends on who you're talking about. If it's blue-collar workers, average workers in the private sector, you bet they're way better. Uh, but what about executive benefits in the private sector? Right, and that's well, always... They're, they're, they're piddly and paltry. I don't well, get. I don't, I don't have a chance to get a 500000 or a million-dollar bonus, even when my... You know, the. Um, I just got to throw this out there. The, the iHeartRadio owns... 78% of all the radio stations in the country and they just they filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy it just got approved. Oh great. Uh uh they're 16.8 billion dollars in debt and the same year then after that got approved uh their CEO and president Bill I forget his last name he got a he makes a but he makes 13.7 million a year and got a huge bonus. Yeah, where his company that he runs is 16. Seven billion dollars in debt. We had to run it into the ground. Let's reward him. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you 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 want to you know? I'm just trying to put things in perspective. It's like all right. Let's not you know. But let's anyway. let's put a bandaid on your bleeding heart here because <laughs> you, you, I mean the the reality is that the, there's always going to be talking points on both sides. Sure. But if you look at the numbers, you will admit, and the and this is uh, the April 2017 Congressional Budget Office now. Well, the Congressional Budget Office, how many times have they gotten things wrong? You know, so the CBO, anyway, they did a comparison to the private sector and they found that federal employees have 17% higher packages and that's a wage and benefits combo. And there's a couple of things in here that I want to point out, which is why I think there's a, a dichotomy or there's a disagreement um, between I mean, it's us versus them, really, the mentality. But if you look at the 17% higher package, 47% are higher benefits, while only 3% higher wages. So the wages are very similar, but it's the benefits that are higher at the yeah. government employee level. Oh, for sure. And the the apples and oranges comparison that you were pointing out has always been a a case made. Well, you can't compare a government employee with the executive who gets the stock options, golden parachute, and bonuses. But what this study did is it backed that stuff out and compared similar types of people in similar right. situations. So right. they took a government employee and found a counterpart 
that had similar demographics and similar job in the private sector. And it turns out that the federal employee had 17% higher, but most of that was because of the higher benefits. And here's, oh, yeah, and here's sure. the problem. And you know what else they found, which I, f- I thought was rather interesting. Bachelors or less, so people with a bachelor's degree or less, got a higher federal employee compensation compared to their counterparts in the private sector. But professional degrees, advanced degrees, you get underpaid at the federal government than you do. Yeah, like VA doctors make way less than doctors in the private sector. Exactly. exactly. I just read about that. Yeah, yeah. And that's and so what's going on there? And so there's a difference. And then so people will point, well, you can't compare VA doctors and, and other doctors. Well, yes, you can. And that's where oh, there's sure a, right. They're and, doctors. Right. And so They're that's taking, in fact, the VA doctors should be paid more. Well, they, see, here we go. You're bleeding hard again. Right. You know, <laughs> well, because they're taking care of our serve, people who have served our country should take priority. Absolutely, though. You're right. You know, so 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 there are some little there's always going to be little pockets where there's some major flaws in this. But overall, I think the bigger reason why people don't see this or, you know, why the federal employees don't realize that they have a better deal than the private employees and why the private employees are always complaining, you know, it's like the teachers thing. Oh my God, teachers, they're, they're so underpaid. And then you get the other people saying they're so overpaid. They only work nine months of the year, you know, and you can go on and on, but what's happening is people are in our country. I feel, and I see all the time when I deal with people who are looking to retire is they don't realize the true value of their pension. Of their benefits, yeah. And if, I mean, having a pension is huge compared to not, you know, uh, comparing my neighbor who lives right next to me, Dan, Tom, he works for the state of Minnesota and he used to work for the state of Florida uh, and he helped their court system go paperless, e, e-court, they right. call it. Okay. So he, he helped Florida do that, move all their state courts into uh, the modern era and become e-courts. Uh, and getting rid of paper documents, court documents no longer on paper, but electronic. Then he came to Minnesota and now he's done the same thing here. So uh, that's great. He's very, you know, he's very high up there. He's a big project manager of those types of things. And he's super smart. So I, I think he deserves to be paid well. He has a, he has a decent salary, uh, maybe about on average what it would be in the private sector, but his benefits, he gets, he gets, two pensions, one from the state of Florida, one from the state of Minnesota, uh, which is more than one of those is more than I will get having a 401k in the private sector. That's right. And so when you look at people and if you just take the present value of their and his health benefits, Oh, don't even get me started on the health benefits. Yeah, it's about right. a, he pays $138, um, I think a month or yeah, $138 a month for, for full family, full benefits that are way better than mine. If I took benefits through my work, uh, those same benefits, not even as good, in fact, way worse with a much higher deductible, uh, would be $1,100 a month. So I'm there you go. I, no, there I know you go. you're not kidding. Don't get me on my healthcare rant. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's right. just a huge example of what you're saying is so true that uh, they have great benefits. But, but the whole thing about government workers not realizing... I've never heard him. He he's like, oh, we get all these holidays off. I get this great pension. He he's he said, I'm living the dream. You should work for the state or the federal government. Right. It's the best kept secret, right? So why aren't people clamoring to go work for the government? You know, if it's so good, right? That's the case people make. I think people just don't understand it. And I also think it's still 
a countrywide epidemic, which is delayed gratification, doesn't exist anymore. People and they don't. If you take the present value, if you if you if I when I deal with people that retire and I deal with people retire from both, some with pensions, some without the ones that I have that have the pensions have a much easier retirement income planning process. Oh, yeah. on my, you know, it's a lot easier for me to help them because we can focus laser focus on the, the income gap. Whereas the people that don't have the pensions where, I mean, we have to build it from the, from the ground zero. So if you take the present value of the federal annuity payments and put it, you know, to a 65 year old and say, you know, what is the value of your pension that you're going to get for the next 30 years? For instance, it's astronomical million, you know, million dollars. Whereas in, in other words, to have that same income stream guaranteed with the cost of living increase that is in there, you'd have to have a ridiculous sum of money in the 401k equivalent. And I think that's yeah, what people would. don't realize. Yeah. And that's the, that's a great point to make. However, and I hope you're not going to be upset with me for bringing this up because it might be contrarian to the point you're trying to make. But the whole basis, though, of this argument that uh, federal worker benefits are so generous because the whole premise is based on what makes them generous. Oh, compared to private workers who just have 401ks. Well, the pro where's the problem in that is the problem that the federal workers benefits are good. Why is that a problem? Why isn't the problem in the focus that private companies that have surpluses of money like you know if we're talking about Google and Apple and Amazon uh, why are they why aren't they giving pensions they can number one they can afford it okay and so these companies are no longer giving pensions at least the majority of companies aren't that's where I see the problem the problem I don't think the problem is that the federal benefits are too good I think the private benefits suck well, that's just it. And, and what I happened- mean, and I mean, from my standpoint, <clears throat> health insurance benefits and retirement benefits, terrible. Now, uh, 401k matches, some companies are generous and they do contribute and they have profit sharing. So I'm not singling out every company and really small privately owned businesses might not can't afford to do pensions. So I'm excluding those. I'm talking about all the other companies and there are a lot of corporations out there that could do more for their employees, but don't. And, and that's my that's my argument. I, I think it's we're focused on how great federal benefits are uh, and how they have it too good. I don't know. I think I want to see everybody be able to have good benefits. And then again, a bleeding heart, right? No, no, you're right, though. It's it, You're making a valid point, which is why we trying to bring down the government to be in line with the private when why not we push the private to be up to the government and that's just that's there's the political game right you know right. free markets yeah. free markets should determine it and free markets determined that pensions were too expensive to offer private employees right and, and private did employees didn't value them for a lot of companies but uh, a lot of that was mismanagement mismanagement and also just they just the pen, the employees didn't value it so, so as much they prefer the burden yep. hand versus two in the bush and yep. so you know why would i take a pension down some when I'm 65, I may not even work for this company for five years, you know? So the loyalty to the company is gone and that's direct correlation to the pension going away. Yep. And right. so I want to talk about point. some of these, these proposed changes 
and then we can get into it. But you're right. Sure. I, I, I think, but I think the idea is, is the free market right? Or should the government set this? I, I lean toward, let the free market say whether or not pensions should be and, you know, eliminate and they, and they eliminate the pensions. So that means sure. that the pensions are very valuable, which goes back to the fact that government has them. So people in the government jobs are having something very valuable that the private companies can't even don't want. Right. If, if, if it was so val if it was so cheap to do a pension, every company would do it. But it's the opposite. Right. It's the opposite. No, no, it's very expensive. And, and it really uh, a lot of big companies like General Motors got upside down doing pensions. Exactly. And so one of the proposals at the Federal Employee Retirement System, FERS, F-E-R-S, as it's called, um, one of the proposals for the 2020 budget was that employees, government employees, should contribute more to their annuity benefits. The goal being 50-50 split. So 50% of the annuity cost to create this pension would come from the employee versus, uh, you know, now it's less. And that would be phased in. So a 1% increase every year. So what the idea is that the employee should be putting toward this pension, not just the employer or the government in that case. So that was a proposal, which, you know, that's kind of where the the um, private sector is. You know, we want the government, we want the employee to, to put into the pension plan. Well, you know what? Let's just give them the employee match in the 401k. It's a lot easier. And if they don't want to create an income stream from it, so be it. It's not on them. So they put the burden on the employee because it saves them money and hassles. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good um, point. Another proposal was to eliminate or reduce the COLA, cost of living adjustment. Talk about, you know, so some of these proposals sound, you know, okay, we, we can talk about it, but what about the people that are already on it, that are relying on it? This is where you get some backlash. So, you know, right away when you talk about reducing the cost of living adjustment for existing pensioners or retirees, government and retirees, that's less like that's dead in the, on arrival because all those retired pensioners are going to be like, no way. I mean, that was part of the deal, you know, honor it. So I think they should approach it as for future, you know, we're going to, we're going to require this. Um, another, another, uh, Thing that they were talking about getting rid of was the early retirement supplement for those that retire before Social Security. So if you're a government employee and you retire before Social Security age, they give you extra. And then once you hit Social Security, then that goes away. You get extra payments because, you know, you're not eligible for Social Security yet. Right. So they were trying to say, why, why should you get extra payments if you retire early? If a private yeah. sector employee retires early, they have to wait till 62, the earliest, yeah. right? So I, I think these are all legitimately something to look at, but again, yeah. got shot down. No, that's I agree. I agree. I agree. I mean, he, I went off on my high horse no, there a little no, bit, but I, I'm I'm with you on it. I can go either direction with it. Like I said, I I, I see both sides of the coin. I have both clients, yeah. and my yeah. my federal and, and government's local local government employees are in a better position when they come to me. Typically, oh um, yeah, I would. I would imagine uh, they would have to be uh, for most. I mean, unless you're, you know, if, obviously everybody's situation is unique, as you're always telling us, Dan. And uh, so that that plays into it. You know, if you're an executive you, and you have a 401k, you probably have other IRAs and investments. So you're not uh, so bad. But the average worker in America who has a 401k, uh, they probably just aren't putting enough into it. They don't understand. Whereas a work pension for a company, it's automatic. And everybody says, Hey, you want to be set uh, when you retire, you, you know, you take part in our pension program. And they're like, sure. And so it was more automatic. I think it, 
with the 401k, it leaves too much up to the individual, which actually, Dan, gives you a job. Right, it's true. With 401ks, we have this lump sum of money. We don't know what we're doing. Nobody, we're probably not contributing enough to it. And so you need a financial planner like yourself to help us. Okay, here's the assets you're going to need for retirement. Here's what you're going to need for your legacy. Here's what you should be doing. You know, I think everybody needs a push. Right. Yeah, they do. And, and they, cause they'd like, well, I want to, I want that pension. Well, you can create it, but you just got to do some work, you know, whereas the company's doing it for you or used to do it for you. You know, uh, when I deal with a government employee, I do the pension, which option should we choose? Cause you usually get options. So we do some analysis there and you know, when offered a lump sum, usually it makes sense to take the pension over the lump sum, believe it or not. Now that's against the financial advisor's wisdom because then I don't get to manage that money, but it makes sense for the client usually to take the pension. So that's how yeah. rich these are. One of the reasons and one of the other changes they were trying to make is they want to change the calculation for the federal annuity payment. It, it, right now it's the high three. So the, the highest three years is, is the, in the formula. They want to change it to the highest five years because oh, what wow. people do is they, they, they load up on overtime and other benefit, you know, work during the last three years of their retirement. So that's yep. used to calculate their, their pension, which, you know, it's, so that's, is that realistic? You know, yeah, for, no, I agree. See those, the two changes you've brought about, like, Hey, giving you extra until your social security kicks in. That's really nice. But is that one thing that could be cut back and, and fairly so? Yeah. I, I, I might have to agree with you on that. And the one you just brought up now, it's like, it should be based on the five years. You're, you're right. And I, I, I'm not saying that I agree with any. I'm just telling you what these changes were that got shut down. Another one yeah. that is is very controversial is they want to reduce reduce the G fund interest rate. So government employees have the um, their yeah. TSP. They have the G fund, which is basically the fixed rate fund, and it's it pays pretty well. But because it pays as cur- uh, currently pays medium term treasury bill rates, where it's really a short term treasury bill rate. I mean, cause people can come in and out of it whenever. So it's really not a medium term, but they're getting paid medium term interest. So it's like saying, Hey, I'm getting a, uh, interest on a five year CD when I only intend to hold it for six months without penalty. So I think, you know, that's something that is very protected, but I, I like the idea that there is a fixed rate option for yeah. government employees where a lot of the private companies, they don't even have a fixed rate option. No, the best you can no, get is a bond there's fund. There's no fixed rate option. Right. Typically. Yeah. And so what about the employee that's going to retire in, in a year and in the private sector, they, they can't even put their money in somewhere safe. Maybe the money market gets zero where at least the federal employees get this nice G fund. Nope, which it's is like, great. I'm looking at like, Oh, I've got the G 50. I've got the T row price fund. Right. And, and what if, you know, what if we have another 2008, I'm screwed because I don't have that fixed. Right. So that's another thing that people do when they come to me is they say, hey, I'm retiring in five years and I start looking at what are your options in the 401k? Well, maybe they don't have that safe option that they want. We can move some of their money, sometimes in service while they're still working, take some of their 401k money and put it somewhere where they're safer, where they, they oh, feel wow. more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, that's, uh, that's really good. Uh, another thing that really quick, I have to add this too. Sure. If we the things you're talking about that they propose to take away from federal workers, here's my fear because you look at the VA program as a, as one example, and maybe the post office. I think the post office gets a bad rap. I think for what they're able to do, just think for forty four cents you can send something anywhere in the world and mm-hmm. it'll be there within a few days. Well, a lot of that's so, privatized so keep already. Keep that in though. mind when you're ripping on the post office. But the bottom line is, uh, and it costs way less than uh, FedEx or UPS. So. Uh, the the my problem is if we cut 
yes, these are good benefits for federal workers. If we start cutting it and making federal worker jobs no more appealing than, you know, going to work for a corporation, what is the quality of people and the quality of service we're going to get at a federal level? People complain about it now. Uh, you, you start giving them entry-level pay and the same benefits uh, most corporations are out there offering with just a 401k and, and high health costs. Uh, I think that you're going to uh, cripple the government. Do you want things to run slower and worse in the government? So I think that's a question that also has to be asked. It's a legitimate point. You know, you don't want to make them so unappealing that people won't take it or they'll, you know, just right. go to the, I get that. But it's like teaching, you know, why don't, why don't we pay our te- Why aren't the teachers the highest paid? I saw, um, I saw a funny interest. Uh, uh, someone sent something to me. It was an article and it was a, a bunch of high school kids uh, or no college kids getting at a table with cameras and everyone's showing where they're signing, signing to a new employer. And as opposed to like these high school kids signing for college, you know, where they're going to college, a big signing party, the, you know, the celebrity signing, which, which basketball team they're going to play for. It was the college grads where they signing to go work. It was kind of like that. That's what we should be celebrating for the same reason. What we should be paying the people that raise our children a lot more than we do. Um, I, you know, but that's, that's a huge, huge issue, which is also what these federal, like we're talking about today, it's such a big issue that you need to get major, major buy-in. And that just doesn't happen. Why these get shot down every year. In fact, there are some new cuts that um, were proposed as well um, this year. That Because those those ones we already talked about were all, you know, that's the traditional cuts that people talk about. But there's a couple of new ones. There was talk about eliminating the pensions altogether and moving to a defined... Um, Defined contribution. So moving from the pension to the 401k for the government, why not do that? That was proposed. Um, again, it's it saves the government money, just like it saved the private employers money. They don't have to deal with these long-term liabilities. Right. Right. They can just put the onus on the employee. Um, yeah. Why doesn't the government do that? Um, it's an interesting it's an interesting question. And it, it was talked about specifically for term employees who are typically hired for four-year terms but you need to work for five years to get the pension. So they weren't, they weren't qualifying anyway. So it might make sense for them. Um, then another cut was talking about combining sick and paid holidays, sick leave and paid holidays. Right now they're separate. Whereas a private sector, it's kind of like all personal time, you know? Um, so that's, that's, they're trying to, these proposals were trying to get them to be more like the private sector. And finally the biggie, which everyone, you know, there was a pay freeze. Obama did it. Trump was recommending it. Current system, of government employees rewards longevity over performance. And I think the stat in the article I read was 99.7% of the time government employees get the step increases automatic, basically, you know, and so they're trying to say, well, why don't they get it based on merit as opposed to just because they've been there? And again, that's a biggie. That's a biggie. You know, there's a difference between promotion and step increases, but there is, you're right. You, you don't want to take away incentives. I would agree with that. Also, uh, you know, the counterpoint is inflation, right? Cost, Infl- of, living, that, right. cost of living adjustments. Uh, you have two things. You have a cost of living adjustment and then you have a, a raise based on performance. Um, is it a one or the other, or do you get uh, a small cost of living adjustment regardless? And then you, uh, get on top of that, a bonus based on your performance. I think a raise should be a cost of living adjustment that happens every year and uh but small you know 
And then uh, a bonus is performance-based. And if you want that bonus, you have to perform. If you don't perform, you're not going to get the bonus. So I, I think that's the way it should work. But, that you know, I'm I'm that's idealistic. Too. But it's not idealistic because you could do that. But the problem is at the government level is that they don't – that's not the way the system works. And so they may not have the management, the people in the positions to oversee the – employee reviews and compensation yeah. packages that they do in the private sector. There's a whole, you know, it's, it's, there's all levels and it's, and, and it's Teams easy of HR people and management right. and middle you, management. You just need experience. I'm not, I'm not saying that the government employees can't handle it. It's above them. No, I'm just saying they don't have that infrastructure in places. So they never really had to worry about it. And once you start adding performance base versus just, you know, the standard levels that gets very tricky. You know, but I'm sure there's going to be nepotism and, and favoritism and all that stuff, too. So it's I don't have all the answers. All I know is and I want to I want to cut it, you know, because we can go all day about this and I don't want to embarrass you with some any more debating. But um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, you're right. The, there's the, when you're looking at the two government and versus private people, just like I said, they don't realize the true value of their benefits. And when you start putting it in number form, people will start to see maybe it's not that off, you know, maybe the government yeah. jobs are pretty good. But um, why isn't there a huge demand for government jobs? I don't think people really are pushing it. Um, unless your parents are in the government, then they might say, hey, you should get this job. It pays well, you know, look at my pension. And people start to see it. I think any changes should also be grandfathered in. So the people that are in the system now shouldn't have to get their their current benefits cut because the government's trying to make changes it should be for the future, you know, and, and that's what the private sector did. You know, you, here we're getting rid of the pension. It's worth this much. You can, we'll give you a lump sum now. Um, and we're not offering it to new employees and, you know, so and new contributions won't be accepted. So I think right. there's ways to do it, but the bottom line is you gotta be aware of your benefits, whether you private sector or government employee, when you go to retire, you have to value this lump sum. You have to value these income streams because retirement, successful retirement is about increasing income and decreasing stress. If you have a, a solid income stream from a government pension, it's going to help you big time. If you're in a private sector, rather than say, well, why are they getting the pension? I wish, you know, that's not fair. They, they shouldn't get it. Why don't you create it yourself? And you can. It just takes a little extra effort because the government isn't doing it for you. And your employer is not going to do it for you the, until that happens, until there is some pension options that there's universal pension options or something that people can buy into. You have to do it yourself. And and on my experience of all the different types of people that I deal with, like I said, the government employees who have that pension seem to be in a much better mindset, at least in when it comes to retirement readiness. They are at one step ahead of their private sector counterparts. And that's simply because they've been they've been doing that their whole career, building into it without really noticing. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's a good point. I, that's really the point is pay attention, think ahead, and actually contribute more to that retirement account or plan, right? That's right. And make sure you understand that the value that these government workers apparently have um, is, you know, higher because they have these unseen delayed gratification income payments down the road. And that is so powerful that obviously the government's looking at it saying, man, this is really costing us a lot of money. Yeah. Well, true. if it's costing you a lot of money, that means it's pretty valuable. It is. 
Uh, but you're right. I mean, maybe there are some things that need changing. And obviously, we are, we don't want our government to get more upside down than it already is. <laughs> True. <laughs> but, right. uh, but yeah, so maybe something will have to be done. Uh, but I'm glad we could talk about this. And I think it's important. I'm glad you brought this up because it is interesting what they proposed. And of course, like you said, a lot of times it gets shot down. But it is it makes us think about our own benefits, uh, what we have, what we don't have, and how we can improve upon them. Right. It's going to get shot down. It always gets shot down, it seems, but yeah. every year. But you know what? It gets it gets people thinking about it. And hopefully that's the point. Hopefully people start thinking, all right, well, now I'm better start thinking about my retirement. If you know, it maybe scares some government employees that they're not going to have the benefits. Well, I don't I'm not worried about that, but it maybe sparks them to start thinking because that's the key. You have to plan for these things. You can't just hope and dream when you when you when you're going to retire. You know, you got to think ahead five years, 10 years even ahead. Where is where's my income going to come from? How am I going to pull this off? You don't want to wait till that last minute. So that's why I'm talking about it today. I don't think any of these proposals and are, are going to get anytime soon. They're going to continue to get shot down. But you never know. You just never know what's going to happen. So it's important to think about. But I think uh, if you're listening and you're like, well, maybe maybe I should get in a government job if the pension, pen, you know, the benefits are that good. Maybe. Well, at least you're thinking. At least you're thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's a good thing. Well, hey, we're out of time for today's show. Dan, is there anything else you want to add before we go today? Yeah. If you're a government employee uh, and you have a pension question, you want to think about it, you want to know the benefits, what should you do? You can give me a call. If you're not a government employee, you say, hey, I kind of like that benefit. Can I make it on my own? I think you can. And I help people do it all the time. So give me a call. We'll talk through it. The number here is 888-508-5935 or just go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact me through the website. All Thanks right. for a yeah, good show, Tony. Yeah, create your own personal pension, uh, and you can help people do that, right? That's right. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. The topics on this show are wide-ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement, like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.